definitely for you know me being a mom of of two little two little brown girls if i could give them three things it would be the confidence to always know their self-worth mm-hmm. the strength to chase their dreams mm-hmm. and the ability to know how deeply they, they are loved oh, those are I three things that. i would love to give to them Welcome to Coffee to Cocktails, a conversation between two friends that spans across the day, starting with the coffee that wakes us up in the morning to take care of business, to the occasional cocktail that lets us wind down and take our hair down at the end of the day. I am Nina. And I'm Kristen, and we are your hosts for the evening, so grab a drink and join us for a little kiki. Okay. (laughs) It was a long week. So um, the drink that we have is the Southern Peach. So how do you like it? The Southern Peach is really good. I wish I had had it yesterday, but I got it today. <laughs> and when we talk about yesterday, it was a little, little behind the scenes glitch, but it's, it's been handled. <laughs> <laughs> we are here. We have our Southern Peach cocktail. Now I'll tell you this cocktail, um, it has... Uh, bourbon. I think it's two ounces of bourbon. Mm-hmm. There's um, one ounce of peach schnapps. Mm-hmm. Three ounces of orange juice. Two ounces of Sprite. And then um, some grenadine. And this is probably my favorite drink that we have featured on the podcast. Really? I mean, it's, this it's is very good, but Child Nina said this might be the number one spot. Okay. This then. this is my favorite. And I remember just kind of going through and looking at some of the recipes. And we have a lot of bourbon because Darren really enjoys bourbon. So there's different kinds that we have. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking for, you know, years ago when he started his um, bourbon collection, I was looking for bourbon cocktails. And I'm like, I don't know if I could drink bourbon by itself. Mm-hmm. But I can drink it if it's mixed with, you know, some other things. Right. So I started a bourbon cocktail page on Pinterest. And this was one that came up. And I was like, I like peach schnapps. I like orange juice. You know, Sprite is one of my favorite sodas. Mm-hmm. Let me try this. And I mm-hmm. think this is a really good cocktail to have. If you're having like a gathering, you can make this in like a larger punch bowl and have everyone, you know, kind of make their glasses and and sip on this. Oh, that so this is good. one of my favorites. And that and and that grenadine that always adds just that that little splash of cuteness and sweetness to it. Yeah, it's just it's perfect. So I this one is very tasty. I would say, Nina, the the one drink that we had that still sticks out of my mind is that mermaid juice. So. <laughs> <laughs> that I one was really good too. That. So that was good too. Are a close, you know. They in my mind they running head and head. So yeah, and we've had some good ones. I'll mm-hmm. tell you, we have some really good ones. I say this one has been one of my favorites, and I think I've made this. Even Darren enjoys it, mm-hmm. and he's not really like a big sweet person, but this has a little bit of um sweetness to to kind of tame out the bourbon so you got your peach schnapps and your orange juice and your sprite but when you mix it with your bourbon i'm like man this is like the perfect drink it will sneak up on you though oh lord yes one of them be careful ones (laughs) (laughs) 
always say it's a sipper. You got to babysit it. We make a Absolutely. lot of drinks like that. We do. <laughs> so we do. And like, be careful. <laughs> but you can tell by the end of our episode, we'd be like, well, it's all gone. <laughs> we just sipped on it. <laughs> I guess this is the end of the show. It is what it is. <laughs> end of the drink, end of the show. There we are. <laughs> it's done. Quotes, all good things come to an end. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See, so, that's how you can tell the drink is good. Like, oh, they giggling a little too much tonight. <laughs> We're going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, yes, yes, yes. Coffee to so, cocktails. Yeah, Emphasis th- on the this cocktails. This is it. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 our guests are starting to realize that too. Do you think we'll ever have a coffee? <laughs> A coffee-centered <laughs> drink on the show. Well, ever. listen, Darren sent me some. Oh, he said, "Hey, y'all have y'all can you know use this and put some rum in in this type of drink, or you know make this um latte or espresso and put this type of spirit in it." So I have I have tried. I found one. I was like, we ain't gonna like this. It's Uh-oh. too much in here. It's coffee, rum, vodka, tequila. I was like, oh my god, we we not gonna do well. So I have a few. I was yes. well. I was coming to going. We waking up. We going to sleep. What we doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we you know will what? have one. We will have one though. You know what I've tried recently because I'm about to make a little uh uh, uh user generated content about it. Um. You know Cardi B's whip shots. Have you heard of those? No. What What is that? Cardi B has a line of a vodka infused whipped cream. Okay, Cardi. Yes, and there's been this video of her making this lime, creamy lime summer drink, and I can't find her lime flavored whip shot anywhere. It was a limited edition. But I did find the vanilla one, which I think will be just as good because the drink, it looks like it tastes like a lime creamsicle type of thing. Mm. And so, yes. And you know what? That gives me an idea for the video. I was going to do it with limes, but maybe I'll switch it up and do it with oranges just to kind of, you know, make it my own type of thing. But yeah, vodka infused whipped cream. And I'm thinking because I got the vanilla and the caramel and Mm. that might be good on top of some coffee. So yeah. I like it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, just let me know when we're doing it and uh, what I need to get. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. I'll test this drink out. I should be posting the video about it this week. And okay. if, it's, if, it's, if it tastes good, I will let you know. Maybe that could be one of our drinks on the show. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're always looking for cocktails. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Love mm-hmm. it. Well, honey, tonight we have an episode I think will uh, resonate with lots of folks. So we're talking about, you know, um, self-worth, what it means to be worthy. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this one is is near and dear to my heart because, you know, you start having conversations with folks and shoot, start having conversations with yourself and start really understanding um what you mean and what self-worth self-worth and what worthy um actually means to you so um i have my definition kristen what do you what do you actually how you how do you define self-worth 
self-worth I would define that as like you know how you see yourself how you show up in the world how you allow people to treat you mm-hmm. what energy what energies you allow around you you know basically things like that and also you know what you feel um I, I, the word entitled sort of has like a has kind of gotten a bad tone attached to it but I guess I'll use it anyway sort of like what you feel entitled to like for yeah. example with careers and stuff you know what what do you have the courage to like apply to what is it that you really really want to do what opportunities do you feel you know you should have and that you are worthy of so yes basically how you show up in the world and and what you think you should receive from the world that's probably how I would probably how I would define self-worth and I agree with you I will also add you know the value that we place on ourselves mm-hmm. what what is the value that you have and, and exactly what you were saying um how you allow people to treat you how mm-hmm. you show up this I know a lot of people that I've had conversations with, they don't feel worthy. Mm-hmm. And so they allow, you know, people to treat them a certain way, whether if it's family members or friends or, you know, colleagues from work. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand. Um, well, no, I do understand. Let me take that back. I actually understand how someone may not be able to feel worthy. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's also, you know, maybe the the confidence that you feel in yourself, your abilities um, due to self-doubt, maybe mm-hmm. some self-esteem um, challenges, comparison to those who are around you. I really think that some of this stuff, as far as like self-worth, some of the issues can stem stem from childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, there, there's a huge uh, nature versus nurture component yeah. when, when you're talking about um, worthiness. You know, some people may have some innate qualities that, you know, kind of lend themselves to a personality trait that might make you lean toward, you know, being more timid, not feeling more, not feeling worthy or anything like that. But I think a huge part of it is upbringing and how, you know, you you learn to speak up or not, how you learn to share your feelings, all of that, you know, it it goes back to upbringing for sure. And, and then um, on top of that or adding to that, maybe some of the past criticism. So, if it's not childhood trauma, maybe it's some past experiences where you were criticized by others mm-hmm. and that brings that that negative mindset and thought process mm-hmm. where you've been degraded or you face, you know, criticism from others and it leaves you feeling less than. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would think I was telling you yesterday, Nina, how, you know, we're talking about that negative voice that sometimes yeah. goes in your mind. You know, me and my life coach, we call that voice the gremlin. Mm-hmm. And I was saying how, you know, I, I would normally just say, you know, that negative voice, that's me talking to myself. 
being critical of myself, but when I sort of scale back, I realized that that negative voice is my voice, but it's sort of layered on top of other critical voices that have existed in my life. And it's almost kind of like I'm trying to get ahead of them and see my flaws first Mm. and, you know, speak in that way. And it's really like sort of confusing to my mind. But um, but yeah, that past criticism is something else, man. If you grew up in that, sometimes that, you know, it lingers and it does affect your self-esteem and, you know, and your feelings of self-worth, you know, good or bad, you know? That's, it saddens me, especially mm-hmm. when we're talking about, you know, childhood trauma and those um, who are supposed to, you know, lead the way and have those positive conversations with you, um, uplift you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is just not how it is. And mm-hmm. and I think of myself as a, a mother, for example. I am always uplifting my girls, mm-hmm. um, saying positive things to them. And I think as parents, um, especially if you you have children, young children, shoot, even old old children, but just children overall, Mm -hmm. you do the best that you can. And sometimes Mm -hmm. your your best may not be the best for maybe your kids. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make sure that the world is already, the world could be a terrible place, but I want to make sure that my household is a safe haven for my kids. And so I want to make sure that I'm pouring into them, you know, positive, uplifting comments and making (laughs) sure that they understand their worth. So when they go out into the world and they grow up, they know what they can and can or should and should not accept. Mm -hmm. I mean, because that that negative self-talk voice is often, you know, or the positive self-talk voice, it's often the voices of our parents. Yeah, And so what a blessing, you know, for your kids to have a parent that had, you know, is self-realized in that way and to have the ability to have that foresight to say, hey, the world sucks sometimes and I'm not going to add to that, (laughs) you know, like we're going to make home a place where you can come and find your peace. Home is not going to be the place where you come. And basically everything that you face in the world is validated at home. Like, golly, the world is after me and now I'm home. And yeah. Mama and daddy is being worse than people in the world. Like that that's not what our kids need, nor is it what they deserve, man. And I yes. I feel the, the same way. I feel the exact same way. I think we you we were talking a little bit about this, and I had um mentioned, you know, I have two girls and um I don't know if it's worth or it's worse for males versus females Mm -hmm. when it comes to self-worth and it it really shouldn't matter definitely for you know me being a mom of of two little two brown girls if I could give them three things it would be the confidence to always know their Mm self-worth the strength to chase their dreams Mm-hmm. And the ability to know how deeply they lo- they are loved. Oh, Those are three things I would love to give to them. Isn't it crazy though how some people think that the negative talk is love? 
Yeah, I, I remember um, having a conversation with, uh, I think it was a colleague, and then also you and I talked about it, and you mm -hmm. talked about how sometimes, you know, parents or guardians or teachers too, mm -hmm. they try to break you down to build you up. I'm like, but they might not work for everybody. Mm -mm. I know you have to know your kid. Yeah, I remember you telling that. You know, you have someone that's just like, well, I'm trying to make you strong, but that doesn't work for me. Yeah, and, and like I was saying, too, like, you know, these people, they thinking they forging steel. They got their own childhood traumas that they're dealing with. Mm. Sometimes parents can approach things in a way where, you know, they may think that their approach is more evolved than what they dealt with. And, and perhaps it might be. Yeah. You know, but by whose standards? Like, okay, you know, if you have, uh, you know, a parent that was just totally awful to you, and now you think you're going light on your kids by just, you know, the occasional insults, you know, who, who mm. by whose standards is that, you know, better? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't and know. And it's not, it's not, it, I think what you have to do is know your kid, know your student, mm -hmm. and figure out what works for them. And so if you are breaking them down and you see they're not really responding and engaging, you may have to change your approach. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you never know what you're doing, um, you know, that will impact them a little bit later as an adult, as they get older, you know, they go through the stages of, young child, teenager, young adult, and then adult. But some of the things that we learn from our childhood, that still haunts us. Mm-hmm. It really does. Um, I know I find with me, like, I, in raising my boys, because, like, like you were saying, the one day, Nina, raising these kids, it doesn't come with an instruction book. We all out here doing the best we can with the tools that we have. But, you know, with regard to me and how I was raised, I just try to take the meat and not the bones. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I know my mom did her best and, you know, and I, 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 I would say, you know, not to toot my own horn, but toot toot. I came out pretty decent, <laughs> but I also know what didn't serve me and yeah. what the things that I don't want to pass along. All I know is I want my kids to have like an unwavering sense of self-worth because I know how the world can be and sometimes it can really mm -hmm. hey, the world can really put you through the ringer it can put you through the rock tumbler yes. and have you questioning things about yourself Yes, I mean even kids that come from you know the best households where they were encouraged and uplifted all the time sometimes you get into this mean cold world and it'll have you questioning that stuff Yes. So, so I would just want them to, you know, I bring up the the uh, the point again about the one kid um, who got caught up in um, and then not embezzlement, but what do you call it when you're trying to get money from people? Um, like ransom. Kind of like that, but uh, golly, why am I drawing a blank? But yeah, the, he got caught up in like this internet scam. Where he thought he was talking to a young lady. Uh, unfortunately, they started sexting back and forth, sending in, you know, inappropriate photos. And mm. as it turns out, he was really talking, you know, to this man who was a crook. 
that was like, okay, I got these pictures of you. And if you don't want me to send them to all your family and your neighbors, you know, I don't know how he got everybody's name. It was some <clears throat> people just have all types of ways of doing stuff these days. But yeah. whatever the case, he threatened to send these pictures to the boy's family, his neighbors, basically his whole community. And this was a kid that was like, you know, good grades, scholar athlete, prom king, homecoming queen, or not queen, but king. And, you know, just did all the things. So clearly his image, you know, could be leveraged. Mm-hmm. Well, sadly, you know, the boy got so scared, he ended up killing himself. He's committed <gasps> suicide. No. Yes. And so I couldn't help but think, you know, and, and I don't want to say because I can't assume anything that was going on in their family. I don't know the family personally. But I will say the first thing that came to my mind was, golly, what would make a kid so scared to face that that they would sooner unalive themselves than, you know, than have that come out? And I'm like, you know, is it was it the fear of criticism for, from the parents? And I was telling my son about that story, my oldest, and I had to remind him, you know, I don't care what kind of trouble you get in. I don't care how embarrassing you might think it is, what, how big of a mistake it is. You know, mm. I'm always going to support you. I don't care. Oh, my gosh. That is so heartbreaking mm-hmm. to hear that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and you're right, Kristen, kind of like what you were explaining to, to Marcus. The first thing I want is I want my kids to never think um, if they mess up, oh, my God, mom's going to kill me. I want them to first think I need to call my mom. Mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. my dad you know what I mean like I need to call my parents because we're always going to have our kids back now there might be something to be like okay hold on behind closed doors you know you was wrong and here's right, what we're right. going to do <laughs> but you know we'll always be there and that is just that is so heartbreaking to hear mm-hmm. I mean it just speaks again to like you know that helping kids like nurturing that sense of yeah. worth in the child like I, I, I always want yeah I would want any kid to think that their life is worth living you know yeah. word of the night folks is worthy <laughs> and, I'm telling um, you I, I I would I would I don't want anything that they encounter in this world to make them think that they're not worthy of walking the earth and, and you know doing whatever they're supposed to do in the time that they're given not in you know, with a, a, a time window of them, God yeah. forbid, taking their own life. Like, right. I, that, that just breaks my heart. The we first thing I think life. is, listen, we can fix anything. We can mm-hmm. fix it. We It can be recovered. Um, but you just have to let me know. You're not, you got to communicate. And you got to feel that, hey, it, I'm worth making this change. Mm-hmm. I, I, man. I mean, one thing I've always learned in life is that the the tables will always turn. Yes. And um, you know, you're gonna have hill, gonna have hilltops. You're gonna have valleys. Yes. And I know, for me personally, the way I cope is that when I'm on that mountaintop, when I'm experiencing the highs of life, I make sure to experience it fully. Because there was a time. When I didn't used to do that, and I would always be trying to anticipate 
when the next shoe would drop, you know, when something bad would happen. And what mm. I've come to find is that it's always going to be some type of misfortune. That's just like the way the wheel spins. That is the human condition and the way life works. So I always live my best life when I'm experiencing them highs and do the most so that that will sustain me through those inevitable times when sometimes, you know, life be life. And and in those low times, not only do I remember, you know, without, with no regrets, how I enjoyed the good times, but I always also remember that the good times will come around again. That's right. You got to have, have that hope. And that, that goes to one of the talking points in our outline about, you know, uh, one thing that could affect worthiness is how you handle stress, how you cope with it during yes. life setbacks. Yes. Because they will happen. <laughs> and you you have to take a step back. Um, and I remember someone telling me, you know, we're sometimes we're always worried about the unknown. So you talked about, you know, uh, the highs that you have and then sometimes thinking like, all right, I know this ain't going to last too much longer. When is mm-hmm. the other shoe going to drop? And mm-hmm. I had um, someone tell me, why would you spend so much energy worrying about things that may not even happen, that you don't mm-hmm. know that's going to happen? So instead, you can worry about that when you get to it. Mm-hmm. Really focus on what's in front of you, what you're going through at the moment. And troubling times don't last always. Exactly. And you know what? Um, akin to what you just said about, you know, worrying about the unknown. Uh, it was Eckhart Tolle. He wrote that book called The Power of Now. And there's been a whole bunch of books written about, you know, I think it was Viktor Frankl that said the moment where you have the most power is in between, you know, making a choice. That's where you hold the most power. All we got really is now because the past, you can't change it. And the future, you know, it's not here yet. You know, the the, the future is now. Like, you creating that. So, it's really no use, like, creating these problems in your mind. You know, you just have to, you know, all you have is right now. And if you think of it that way, that kind of takes that burden off. Because I know I can be a fuss budget. I can be a worrier. And, you know, like, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? Or this and that happened because of something that happened in the past. And it's like, child, you better just live, you know, now is what we have. What's mm. that quote? I saw it somewhere. Uh, Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is the a mystery. Today is God's gift. And that's why it's called the present. That's right. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. I'm telling you. And I know it's it's easier said than done, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, kind of practicing will definitely help. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I'm sure, um, you know, as we're talking, there's things that you could think of like, oh, I remember when a time when I absolutely had no self-worth. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about some of those times, Kristen? Is it something that you battle with or you know have you overcome you know what what are some some thoughts golly I've definitely had some some really low times where you know where I've not had a good self-esteem not had a good view of myself 
Um, you know, I've gotten better and better at, at, at being more kind to myself as I got older. Um, I told you about the time I was talking to life coach and we were talking about that negative self-talk because my little inner voice can be a real B word sometimes. Mm. She can be something else. <laughs> that inner voice is the one who like when something good happens or I achieve something, she's the one kind of, you know, standing there, you know, everybody else is clapping, but she's standing there with her arms folded like, okay, check mark. What's next? Wow. Don't live in the celebration. We can mm. always do better. There's always room for improvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was okay. And I mean, excuse my language, but like in recent years, I've learned how to shut that bitch up. <laughs> and, and, and my life coach told me one day, stop being mean to my friend. Oh. And, you know, she was talking about me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there there have been many times in my life and the basis of it has been so many things. Um, I've had low self-worth, you know, because of how I thought my weight looked and or mm. how I, you know, my weight and how I looked. And that was totally based on things from other people, because I remember a time in my life where I wasn't even thinking about weight. Yeah. I mean, was that I, a younger age? Yeah, that that's when I was little. That's when, you know, just carefree. I wasn't into body stuff. I remember I used to get teen magazine. And girls used to write in about stuff, you know, concerning their weight and all this stuff. And I remember literally thinking, like, golly, that ain't my world. I don't, I don't, you know, let me turn the page. I don't, I can't relate to any of that. And I remember the exact benchmark moment where that switched for me. And all of a sudden, I was comparing my body to that of my classmates mm -hmm. and noticing, you know, who was petite, who was larger, how I look compared to... Uh, like, I remember when that struggle started. And I'll tell you, Nina, I'm just now, you know, at the age of 42, I would say it's only been within maybe the last less than a decade that I've wow. come into my own and been like, you know what? This is the body that I'm in, you know, I'm going to take care of it. No matter how it looks, I'm going to enjoy the journey. If I see areas to improve, that's part of the journey, and it's not improving yeah. it because it's bad. Right, you know, right. It it, it it all comes back to that whole speaking kindly to yourself and me realizing my worth and having that be determined by me and not by other people who having their own issues dealing with their own self-worth. That's why they always talk about other people. That's right. So, yeah. And we we as women, and men too, but mm -hmm. definitely women, because, you know, you do get compared to this type of body shape and, mm -hmm. you know, this texture of hair. But beauty comes in all shapes and sizes. Yes. And everybody can be unique in that way. And when you start to realize that, you appreciate what you've been provided with, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you um, then, you know, I, I'm, I'm worthy of it. I may mm -hmm. not look like the model that is on the cover of this magazine or, you know, the person in this video or commercial or TV show or whatever it is, but I'm worthy because I'm unique. And I think we don't teach, we didn't really get taught a lot of that, especially us growing up in like the nineties and the two thousands and, you mm -hmm. know, being born in the, um, in the eighties or so. And it's sad 
it it is really sad the stuff mm-hmm. that our generation has gone through. I mean, with body image, yeah. We live in a world, you know, and I can say this with regard to body image. I can say it with regard to how people uh, deal with money, how they deal with their families, interact with people. I can say it with regard to career. We live in a world that is basically driven by reminding folks of their inadequacies. Yes. Um, it, I mean, if you turn on the TV right now, every commercial is selling you something based on you not already having it. You need this. Yeah. You're, you know, you're living life without this right now. Don't you feel bad? Buy our product or our service. That's basically, mm. you know, the 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 groundwork for marketing anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then we had to talk about, you know, all these kids, these dear babies growing up in the world of social media. Yes. Platforms that again, you know, you show this curated experience. And I think the intrinsic thing about it is, you know, for some people anyway, you know, is posting things to show, you know, this is what I have, you know, yeah. and what other people might not have, you know. Right. I, right. I always think of one girl that I follow. And, you know, I you know, I, I like to think I'm a little bit more, you know, enlightened in this way, you know, in the ways of gratitude and appreciating what's in my world. Mm-hmm. But for people that aren't, you know, watching her page, it would definitely make you think like, dang, you know, why her and not me? Or mm. what is she doing to get this and that? But her page is so like, like extremely like she she's created this aesthetic to where it's like oh my gosh like how perfect can can it be like you almost it almost sort of brings out that little devilish side in you that's like I just want to see one stain on the carpet just one <laughs> you know nine. oh you just had you just had a baby let's see how long you go keep that white decor in your house let's see how long mm. that lasts she has the baby everything is still perfect she has baby number two and you like just wait okay you had one okay whatever that don't count you now you got two let's see how it comes out and like you know it i don't know it it's got to be a rough time for kids coming up just because it it's so much you there's so much information and so much like stimulation coming at you from every angle that we didn't have when we were little right so right no um that's a that's a point that you make about social media. Mm-hmm. And I think um the pressure is on. And mm-hmm. so you might see this five to five to fifteen second video of someone kind of showing a glimpse of their life. Mm-hmm. Um and you you know have these thoughts like, oh, this is this is perfect, but social media adds more pressure than I think I even realized. Because you, again, see that little glimpse of someone's life and you think that it's perfect. And so you start comparing. Yes. Yes. And not, it's thinking, okay, I need to do that. Um, why her, not me? Or why him, not me? You know, start to look at everything like you're not doing something good enough. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a lot of pressure to keep up with that. Because you can make your life look a certain way on social media and it'd be something totally different in reality. You really 
Okay. I mean, it's a lot of angles, lots of smoke and mirrors. Yeah. I mean, not to mention, you know, a picture is but a moment in time. And you can look at a picture and interpret so much from that picture when you might not even know what was going on before the picture, after the picture, during the picture. Right. You know, I always think about this. Um, it used to be this advertisement. I forget what it was for, but it would show like this lady that looked like, you know, kind of like a supermodel in this beautiful dress. And it looks like the fan is blowing her hair. And, you know, she's standing there and just like this effortless beauty. And then it, it shows another, like a split screen of how she looks from behind. And you would never know, like, behind the dress is like they got vice clips on the dress to make it cinched and look perfectly tailored the hair is like all pinned up to make it look like it's all blown out and perfect and it just kind of gives a glimpse into like what actually goes into these things that look so effortless to us and we might be wondering like golly why can't I do that and meanwhile, she's wondering, you know, hey, I didn't do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's all, you know, it's Photoshop, it's clip, it's duct tape, it's double-sided mm. tape, you know, like. So. And we have to keep those things in mind as we are searching through social media platforms or websites mm-hmm. or even watching TV. Yeah, everybody has their own struggles and a lot of things that we see is just made to an image that kind of like what you said it's being marketed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it may not be reality like people literally make money off of making us feel like we're not worthy of something I mean I'm talking everything for you know yeah, appealing to people's fears fear based marketing buy this insurance the insurance the insurance industry is like paramount in that example. You're literally buying something that you hope you never have to use. Yep. And it's, yep. uh, you know, it, anybody who's ha- ever had to make like an insurance claim knows that depending on what company you're working with, you know, you pay your little premium when it's time to press go, you know, they're like, okay, well, you know, it's a whole process you got to go through before they actually yeah. give you that money. <laughs> And I mean, everything from big things like that down to, I don't know, personal hygiene. Do you yeah. feel like you stink every day at work? You might need this and that. You know, just making you scared to even step out. Like, oh my, you be sitting there smelling your armpits. Like, do I? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm going to need this product because I, I stink. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you keep that in your mind that, you know, that not you know don't believe everything you see don't don't even believe every thought that enters your mind you just want, yes you just want to challenge some of the thoughts that enter your mind because that's all they are are a thought you can immediately change your thought to something that serves you better and makes you feel better so yeah. uh, agree with you wholeheartedly and i think where it starts is what you had said before and what your theory your therapist had mentioned be nice be nice to my friend yeah speak kindly to yourself mm-hmm. when you notice that negative self-talk look for ways to reframe those thoughts in a more positive way mm-hmm. you know give yourself a compliment hey girl you looking good hey i love your hair you know your haircut looks really good today mm-hmm. just 
uplift yourself. And it doesn't take a lot, but I think if you start to practice that, it will help. I just hate the fact that um, that that negative self-talk and stuff that people have instilled in us, mm-hmm. again, what you said kind of stems from the insecurities of their own. Oh, you going to wear that? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, your, your hair is like that? Um, even you going to eat all that? Like, oh my really? god! When I tell you, I didn't hear all of those. I've heard wow. each of those phrases, and I, I don't. I mean, that's that's not cool to ask. You know, and then you start doubting yourself. Like, am I supposed to eat all this? Is my mm-hmm. hair not cute? Because I thought it was. You know, how does my outfit not look to par? Again, I thought I'm looking good. And people start to put their own opinions on you, and then you start second-guessing yourself, and then your self-worth is starting to be degraded. And see, that's why you gotta be, you know, um, your your own advocate, self-advocate, yes. man, because people are fickle. People yes, tell are. you your hair look ugly one minute, and the next minute they be like, you know what, maybe I like it. You, you never know what people are gonna say. If you took a cross-section of society, and showed them a picture on 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 Sunday, they might be like, "That picture is horrible." You show it to them under a different circumstance, come back later in the week, they'd be like, "Oh, it ain't so bad." Right. So, sometimes you got to take what people say for a grain of salt. Yes. Because whether or not they mean it or not, it doesn't matter. Like if you like your outfit, you step out in confidence knowing you like that outfit. That's if right. They want it, they can look somewhere else. You know. I agree. Like you, you absolutely have to be your, because let me tell you when something bad happens, when that person, you know, you thought it was cute to be like, Oh, you going to eat that whole donut. you going to mm-hmm. eat that whole plate. And when you come up and find that they've been binging and purging because you've been treating them that way, that whole time, mm-hmm. it was something bad happened. No one ever wants to be accountable. Right. No one is ever going to step up and be like, well, you know what I did used to give that person a hard time about their weight. No, they gonna go into the woodwork and be like, you know, why is she doing that to herself? They, they still over here being critical. So Man. be your own, uh, you know, cheerleader. Be around people who I was listening to something today where they they were saying, you know, some of the people that you might need to eliminate from your life if they are constantly talking junk. Yes, so people who uplift you. And again, I'm not talking about. You know, the whole thing of everybody gets a trophy and talking into an echo chamber and all of that. But people who literally like, well, you know, tell you good things that you might not even realize about yourself. Yeah. See that in you. And what I I always um, like to tell myself and starting to tell, you know, my uh, Brielle, pay attention to how you feel when you're around certain people. Ooh, mm hmm. Because that can impact you. And if you're not feeling good, I like to feel, I like to um, be around people that I like, you know, have a good time with. We're going to laugh. I don't like people to suck the energy out of me. And they will. (laughs) They they sure will. And so if you start to pay attention to those who um, make you feel good about yourself when you're around them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's huge. You're having a good time. 
you know, they're giving you compliments, not trying to say they should all the time, but they just make you feel like the best person that you could be. Yes, and it come from a genuine place. Like, yes, you the sum of the main five people that you hang around. I mean, that's basically what it is. You're influenced by whoever those people are that you're around the most. Mm. And I mean, like you said, pay attention to how you feel. Pay attention to how people are when good things happen in your life. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you ever had this happen, Nina, but have you ever had like, you know, a friend that like maybe like in your younger days and your college high school days you have a boyfriend or something and you're really happy but the friend starts acting funny like oh yes or if anything good happens to you you lose weight you get a new job whatever the case is they start acting funny style like really pay attention to those types of people who don't, you know, support you when you're happy. It reminds me sort of of, um, I think it was Jess Hilarious recently, mm-hmm. who got in trouble, or not got in trouble, but she she says something to Summer Walker, the singer, mm-hmm. like, you know, I want your boyfriend to cheat on you, so you make some good music. And people used to say that about Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige, she made better songs when she was going through all this, that, and the other, and it's like, come on. Like, you know, people are human. And it's a metaphor for how some people are literally, you know, they might be happier when you're not happy. Oh, or, God, that's you so know, sad. Bonding in misery. You gotta, you know, it's a really thin line between having a friend that you genuinely confide in Mm-hmm. and you talk to them about something bad that's happening in your life, hopefully those conversations sort of morph into like a healing space. Yeah. But with some people, you know, they want you to stay in that low space because they don't know how to get out of theirs. Wow. So my yeah. goodness. Yes. You, you asked the question of when you're in a happy space, Mm-hmm. But maybe someone who's close to you is not. And so they try to drag you down. Yes, mm-hmm. I've been there. And that's why I mentioned pay attention to how you feel when certain people are around. Yes. Um, because everybody doesn't have your best interests at heart. They just don't. And mm-hmm. it could be family members. It could be friends. They might be jealous of what you have, who you are, or they're so negative and set in their ways, they don't know how to be positive, so they they want misery. You know, misery loves company, so they want you to be just as miserable as they are. I mean, it's a trip the way the mind works, you know? I mean, just to let you know how, how, you know, just let's say I did place, and at one point I I sort of did, but let's say I, I did totally place my self-worth and my regard about my weight and all of that on what other people said about me. I'll tell you how that shifted back and forth. You know, cause I can't count on what other people say. Yeah. Um, at one point, and when I, oh goodness, I don't want to go too far down this tunnel, but when I look at pictures of myself from back when I was dealing with this, the worst, I was not fat. <laughs> but I saw... I was going to mm-hmm. say, I had saw something on social media, like a little quote. It said, 
Um, when I thought I was fat, I was nowhere near it. And, and, you know, you start to think about how hard that you were on yourself mm-hmm. years and years ago. And not trying to say like you're, you as in, in general. Yeah. Are in a place where you're like, oh, I need to lose weight. But it's amazing how we let other people's thoughts kind of take us down a path where we never should even go. We shouldn't. I mean, you know, there there's that condition that's called body dysmorphia. Uh-huh. Where people literally look in the mirror and they don't see what's actually there. I think it was Tammy yep. Roman who said that. Yep. Now, Tammy Roman, you know, she's been, sometimes when I see her in pictures, you know, she is just super duper thin. And yeah. she says, you see me as a thin person. When I look in the mirror, I look obese. Mm. It's a real thing. And I did a video on this because it crossed my mind. If people, you know, is that just exclusive to like a person looking at themselves? Or can that condition extend to how you see other people? And so I often wonder if people have body dysmorphia looking at me for whatever reason and when they saw me they saw fatness but then when we look at these pictures in the past you know I wasn't what me and everybody else thought but just to show you how fickle people are you know I had people that used to be like oh you're looking poor I had a track coach Nina that used to make comments about my weight excuse me coach yes a track coach that used to uh, comment because I remember between, I think it was between seventh and eighth grade. I probably, when looking back, it was probably about 15 pounds that I gained. And, um, you know, he, he used to say, you know, you getting bigger or whatever, or, you know, you changed since last wow. year. And looking back, I'm like, why are you even looking at my little 14 year old body in this way? Like, why are you commenting on? on that? That is so inappropriate. Like, why are you doing that? But in any case, I used to have like a little handful of people that used to always have something to say about my weight. Fast forward to, you know, 10th and 11th grade, I actually managed to drop a lot of weight, mm-hmm. you know, and I was fitting into smaller clothes and whatever. And all of a sudden now I get people that are like, oh, Kristen, you lost weight. Don't go too far. You're not sick, are you? What's going on? Yes. So, Chris, how did you respond? I mean, I'm sure as a as a young, a teenager, right? You're still trying to figure out who you are, and you know your your personality traits. But I don't. I mean, that is not cool. Back then, there was no response, Nina. It, the response was me internalizing all these things that people say. Oh, my God. Internalizing. Now, Kristen today would be like, you know, you know, I probably ask hey, him about Who are you talking to? See, okay, so I'm going, the, I'm going the other route. Like, you want the smoke, you better be ready. Because yeah. there are certain things that people should, if you're going to think that, keep that to your thoughts. Some of that like, stuff should never come out. You know, you might be insecure about your body. Don't right. put that don't put it on me. me. I mean, Kristen, today, you know, I I know I'm stacked. You know what I'm saying? Like I I know how I look to me, and that's what matters. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But, um, 
But yeah, back then, oh my goodness, I was just so concerned about what other people thought, what other people said versus what Ooh. I thought about myself. It was just, you know, it, it wasn't the best position for um, a young girl. And yeah. it did affect my self-worth for a long time. I will say the upshot is that, you know, and I don't know how, you know, I've always been very self-aware. So maybe that was the basis of this. But somewhere along the line, I learned how to disassociate from people like that, not even Good. hear what they're saying to know their comments are more about them than they are about me. And I right. connected with people who build me up. I married a man who built me up. Like oh. I look back and I wonder it couldn't be nothing but God, because I'm like all the stuff that I dealt with, I was in, you know, perfect position to perhaps marry somebody that was like some of those people I encountered. But yeah. I was attracted to the polar opposite of that. So I guess you could say that's the good part of all of that. But man, oh man, yeah. You got to be around people who will, you know, who feed into you. Yes. And and again, I'm not talking about because I've, I've gotten in arguments with people for saying little comments. And they would be more quick to call you weak or whatever for not being able to handle their shit. What? You know, for for not being, you know, well, I'm giving you constructive criticism and this, that, and the other. And you come into your own and realize ain't nothing constructive about what they're saying. Right. And you learn how to be around people that, you know, no, it's not an echo chamber. No, people who uplift you, they're not lying to you or whatever. You know, be around people who feed into your spirit. And increase your self worth, not deplete it for their own, you know, for their own insecurities. Yeah, you know, because that's where it stems from. I think people who are so negative, mm -hmm. and they're sharing those negative thoughts, and they should just keep it to themselves. It's because they're they're insecure about stuff. Have you ever heard someone positive and uplifting? say something negative to someone or someone who's like I'm comfortable in this, the the way that I am not trying to say you know this person might think that they're perfect but they're mm -hmm. comfortable with who they are they're comfortable with how they look and there might be days where they're not but it's just like they don't stay there for very long the yeah. people that are positive are usually the ones that don't speak so negatively mm -mm. I mean what did they tell us in Dale Carnegie about um it was something about like seeing the redeeming qualities in people and leading yeah. with that, like yes. seeing the the good in people. And I mean, there's people in the world who just thrive off of the negative, always finding something wrong. Yeah, you know, they can't hardly even sit still in their seat without fidgeting if they're not given the space and time to be critical and say something bad. Like it's like so word sad. vomit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's like, sad. It just has to come out. <laughs> and we, I mean, I just, you know, sometimes if you can go back to think about your younger self, I'm sure there will be things that you would do differently. But as a young person who's trying to grow into their own, sometimes you didn't know how to handle situations when people would say something to you and you like, I can't even respond because, first of all, I didn't even think you would even say this 
type of yeah. thing to me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm internalizing it as a young person trying to figure out what to do with the comments that you just made. Mm-hmm. Do I believe it? Or do I just leave it where it is? I mean, it comes back to Nina, you know, what a blessing it is that you know, our kids today, you know, not to say we got it all together, but no, based on what we're talking about here and how, you know, we seem to approach things and our dynamic, uh, we are at a place where we can feed into our children. Yes. You know, again, that unwavering sense of self-worth. So when they do encounter like some of them stories I just told you, they're not going to internalize that because no. They know who they are. You know, somebody could come up in here right now and be like, Kristen, you're a clown that doesn't know anything what she's talking about or whatever. You know, you're this, that, and the other. And, you know, a younger Kristen might, you know, outwardly be like, whatever, shut up. You know, but lay down at night, like, golly, why why did they come in here and call me that? Is it something about me? Kristen today would be like, Okay, that's nice that you think that, but I know who I am. I would be like, man, shut your little blankety blank up. Like, just stop. (laughs) Exactly. You know, you can, when you know your self-worth, you can literally dismiss, disarm, ignore, whatever, whatever the approach is. But you can, like, literally not internalize any comments coming from the peanut gallery because just the fact that they need to blurt something like that out or they what people do what feels good generally right yeah so clearly it makes them feel better to say something insulting to another person so if you can remember that and the reason why they're doing that you know all of a sudden you become this more evolved person it's like dang who hurt you you know exactly you woke up on the wrong side of bed this morning. Go over, like, to what does Tabitha Brown say? You know, have a good day. And if you can't, don't you go ruining nobody else's day. She sure does. She says <laughs> it every time. <laughs> and she's right. I love that quote. Like, you know, if you're having a bad day, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But don't go messing okay. up somebody else's day. Yeah, take that somewhere else. We don't want that. Man, I, I just, um, it's so sad how other people's opinion can affect how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. But when you get to a point where you're just like, I really don't care anybody else says, that's such a good place to be in. That's such a good feeling oh. to have. But it it's takes so time to get there. Yes. But it takes time to get there. And I think some of this stuff may start in in the house, you know, in the home that you grew up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you know as as we were kids we may have not heard the best comments Mm-hmm. yeah or you know receive criticism in ways that might not have been you know constructive been constructive at all yeah. even though the person giving it might have thought you know they were being constructive or providing the tough love or whatever. But again, like you said, Nina, that don't work for everybody. No, I know it don't work for me. That makes me feel worse. That doesn't motivate me. Like, yeah, you know, Oh, you know, I, I felt really bad and I was mad when they said this and that to me, but you know what? 
in built character. Hell no, nah, I'm still mad at you 10 years later for saying that to me. Right. And I had to work through that to yes. work around that voice. Like, that doesn't help me. I told you about the man when I was at the gym, you know? Again, I say it the same way. Let's start there. I was at the gym. There you go. You know, you don't know what, you know, what I had to go through to even get up, put on my gym clothes, get in my car, drive, drive to, to the gym. gym. That's an accomplishment by itself. To be like, I'm here. Walking through the door. Yes. Going to the locker room. There were times I went to the gym. I remember a time specifically. It just wasn't my day. And I remember I came to an epiphany that day, you know, because I remember thinking I could go one way or the other. I don't feel like being here today and I'm ready to leave. I'm about to leave. I can either take that as, Kristen, you gave up. You're a failure. You failed again. You left Mm. without even working out. Or you can be like, you know what, Kristen, you've been working out the past four days this week. For whatever reason, today is not your day. You can't take take the day day off. Yes. It's Tomorrow nothing, is a brand new day. Yes, it's nothing wrong with that. Just because you took today off doesn't mean, you know, oh, I fell off the wagon and this is it or whatever. Uh, I'm done. No. So this man didn't know what it took for me to even come and walk through the door that day, put my bag in the locker room and not just turn around and go home. Right. So I'm sitting there. I got my little routine going. I have a every day, you know, I have my thing, my music I like to listen to. And I was on the elliptical going at the pace that was good for me. This man comes up, this personal trainer that who was not my trainer. And he was like, you can go faster than that. You young. Why are you going so slow? No. Turn that no. up. And I'm like, no, this is the pace that I'm going. This is This is where I'm comfortable. But yeah, whatever. Thanks. That's crazy. And he was just, you know... He had to share his little opinion on what he thought I should do. And he probably thought him saying that to me in a snarky kind of tongue in cheek way would encourage me to go faster. And no, that didn't work. Wow. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not no tough love person. If y'all, anybody encounter me, you dealing with me, you know, tough love and breaking people down and all that, that is not a method that worked with me. I'm just going to not be around you. Right, you're going to disengage and mm-hmm. you're, you're going to go. Now, me, I want all the smoke. Bring mm-hmm. it. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to give it back to you. And I'm going to be like, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. So, no, I'm not going to go faster on this elliptical because this is the speed that I'm comfortable at. And I'll work up to that point where I feel like I need to go faster. But today, I'm here. Today, I am here. I am here Mm -hmm. today. People need to mind their business. (laughs) They sure do. The thing that says mind mind your business. I didn't ask you for your help or your opinions. And the thing that I always notice, too, these people that do that, that always have a hearty helping of criticism for everybody else, it would be one thing if they were annoying in the sense where I give criticism, but I also take it. My life is an mm. open book. What do you see about me? Tell me. You know, I dish it out and I can also take it. But what I right. found in life is a lot of people who offer up their little opinions and who like to truth bomb people, you know, unsolicitedly a lot of them can't take that same heat. Isn't that crazy, though? 
And it's the basis of, you know, they it makes them feel good to criticize others because somehow they feel like by doing that, they're uplifting themselves. That's so but crazy. You, you tell them one bad thing about themselves, they ready to go into a corner and cry. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, even sometimes at work, I used to find, you know, the longer I was with the organization, mm-hmm. there would be people when I initially come in and I'd be like, oh, goodness you know people know who butters the bread around here look how people rally around her they scared of her they scared of him da, 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 da. and you, you're around long enough to see that person be criticized or somebody new comes in and gives them the same energy they be ready to call HR yeah they will <laughs> they will go cry they will do anything yes. oh you're mean I told you about uh, the friend of mine when I was in college. Or no, this wasn't my friend. It was a friend of my roommate. I, uh, when my boyfriend at the time called and I, you know, went out into the hallway to take a call because everybody was hanging out in my room. Mm-hmm. And I had the cordless phone and my roommate had the landline and they thought it would be funny to pick up her phone so they could listen in on my conversation. And he was saying something, you know, really nice and sweet and romantic. And, you know, we hear chuckling on the other end of the phone. So immature. Exactly. And so, you know, one of the girls that was doing that, you know, this is a girl that's always in people's face, rah, 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 like a dungeon dragon, whatever. Mm. And, you know, all you would think she would be able to take a little bit or whatever, because that's the energy she gives off. But my boyfriend at the time was like, you know, that's disrespectful. Get off our yeah. phone call. Why are y'all on here? You know. And she, her feelings was hurt. Her little feelings was hurt. But she and was she in was, the wrong. Exactly. It's like, did she not realize that she was the one being disrespectful? All of a sudden, she turned into the victim. Kristen, your boyfriend is had the attitude. He's mean. And I don't like Ooh. him. Well, no he shit. was mean for a reason. So, yeah. That's crazy. You, they, you can't take who, it. People who put out that same energy, they often can't even take it. And that goes back to what I mentioned about uh, taking what people say with a grain of salt. Because half That's of right. them don't know what they're talking about. No way. And so, they just they just want you to be miserable with them. Exactly. So you never ever let what some other people say affect your sense of self-worth right. and That's your right. sense of being worthy of anything because half of these people fold like a cheap suit upon being put into whatever little situation you know they word ain't worth a hill of beans you know so you said fold like a cheap suit that's always my example people be out here pump faking purping like oh you know my bark you know I'm a loud barker you know but they ain't got no bite all sizzle and no steak so man, you need to make a t-shirt with some of these quotes. <laughs> like the grandma with the old a hit dog will holler. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, half, you know, half the time people they don't even they not even all the way, you know, self-realized themselves and they sitting up here criticizing other people and the sad part is, you know, if you're not self-aware enough about yourself, you can take that to heart. Yep, you get sucked and dragged into it. 
you know it's like come on you gotta you you gotta be able to weather that storm you know fortify with your own sense of self-value because yeah listen i i i'm with you um i've I've worked and had friends who you could tell they don't have much self-worth because they've just been beat up life has beaten them up through Mm -hmm. work through family through other friends through relationships and it's really sad to see it's sad to see someone who um, is not confident of themselves, who does, who don't feel that they're worthy of what they're actually getting presented, what's mm-hmm. coming to them. I don't deserve this. I think I just got this because of luck or um, it was given to me. And I'm like, well, no, you're, you're worthy of it. Take advantage, feel appreciative. Yes. That just reminds me of people um, who are always apologizing for stuff. I'm sorry that I have a question. I'm sorry that I forgot this. And I'm like, you know, sometimes you have to stop express, uh, uh, stop apologizing for expressing your feelings. You're actually convincing yourself that you're not worth the space that you take up. Mm-mm. It's not anything to be apologetic about. I mean, you gotta be so careful doing that. I think I told you about the date that I went on. And um, I don't know if I told the, you if you said about this. This, <laughs> I um, I I went on a date with you know I, well, I ain't gonna say where you from, but the guy I was dating that's like from another city in Texas. Mm-hmm. And um, and he had drove you know a ways to come up and see me. Oh, you did <laughs> share this? Yes, you sure did. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And um, you know he's older, doesn't have any kids, divorced. You know, it's just him and his dog. So, you know, he's just kind of free to go wherever he wants to go. And, you know, long story short, I sort of sidelined this guy for my own reasons. Because I was like, dude, you know, I I live a whole different life with, yeah. you know, different things that impact my schedule that he didn't have to worry about. So mm-hmm. why would he even want to, you know, pursue this? He reached out to me, and I probably turned him down a couple times before we actually started talking. And when we were finally out on the date, you know, sometimes my humor can be a little bit self-deprecating. That's something that else that I'm working on for myself. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes I can be a little bit... You know, I get ahead of any joke that someone might have about me. Mm, you're trying to put and, yourself out there first. Yeah! And so, you know, we're sitting there exchanging witty banter, and I'm like, you know, so what is, you know, a, you know, this retired free man like you, you know, what made you want to reach out to me, you know, with my busy schedule and all the stuff I have going on? And he was like, well, do you think you're not worth me driving up here to see you? Oh, he and asked I, that? Yes, yes. I, was, I remember I was, you sharing the story, but I'm like, what a great question, sir, to ask. I was like, hold up, wait a minute, record scratch, you know. I'm uh, like, what? I'm just playing. I was like, I don't even know how to respond to that. It really made me, you know, step back and think for a second, like, you know, you are worth doing yes. this. Somebody wants to do that. You know, accept it. Clearly, they thought that you were worth, you know, driving up here for that date. So, you know, don't go questioning yourself. Don't be telling yourself no, but for somebody else to say yes. That's right. You know what? I always, 
you know, want to let people know, like you said, don't tell yourself no before you mm-hmm. even apply for this position. Mm-hmm. Ask someone on a date. Um, you know, go put on a certain outfit. You don't be the you let somebody else tell you. You put your sometimes you got to put yourself out there mm-hmm. to help yourself work because more than likely mm-hmm. it's going to go in the way that you expect it to go. Yeah. Don't stop yourself before something can happen. Mm-mm. You're worthy. Yeah. Listen. Ciao. And once well, people come him. to that realization, you know, you put out that energy, that same energy comes back to you like other people see that in you you know yeah. it affects the way your posture when you walk into a room and the way you talk to people you know people can can sense that you you feel that about yourself so that you know validates you know whatever good feelings they might have you know absolutely it's like never ever dim your light for other people always shine your light because when you don't you know, you're you're not being that example that somebody else might need to shine their yes. light. Like, you're not, I think it was Marianne Williamson that is like, you know, has that poem about, about, you know, do you not think you're beautiful and deserving of all the good, you know? Mm. You don't play small. So. Oh, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's, um, it's powerful to hear. And it's sometimes, I like some sometimes when people, you know, you like you say, you were just kind of joking. And the guy that you're on a date with was like, well, I'm not sure if I find that funny because I think you're worth it. I drove up here to see you. Um, you should see yourself in the same light. You know, because it's like when you think of it in the most basic sense, how I look telling him, you know, you done drove four hours for, for this? You know, yeah. like how does that even sound? So you know, it 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 really made me think twice about, you know, when I when I sort of like you know sacrifice myself that way via humor, it really made me do that record scratch in my mind and be like, okay, Kristen, words mean things. So absolutely, be careful what you out here saying about yourself because yes. you are deserving you know of this fine chocolate man you know taking you out <laughs> with drinks you know like <laughs> you are worthy you are worthy I just you know I want people to to think twice about that um mm-hmm. sometimes we could be our own worst critic but mm-hmm. I think sometimes we need to be our biggest supporter we do and I, the the one talking point um, about the gratitude, taking that time every day to, you know, think about everything you're grateful for. Sometimes that means sitting back and, and thinking about, <coughs> excuse me, the good qualities about yourself. Like, yes, you know, go further than what, you know, what am I grateful for today? Think about, you know, why that occurred. You know, yes. I'm grateful that this person wrote me this kind note. You know, I wonder what drove them to do that. What they saw in me, that, you know, that drove them to do that. And and think about the fact that you're deserving of that type of gesture. 
you know, bringing that, Damn. calling that type of energy in toward you. I remember talking to a coworker one time and I was just rattling off a bunch of stuff that went on in my life. And to me, it was just day to day, whatever, that, 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 the kids, I got this going on. Oh, you know, I started doing watercolors. I did this, did, did that, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, Kristen, you're amazing. You've like lived a life. You've done so much and been through so much and you're still here. You have a good attitude. And again, it was another record scratch moment where I was like, golly, I'm just sort of rattling off all these things. Like they're like just day-to-day nuisances. But when I step back and look through the eyes of someone observing it all, you know, I've, I've done a lot of stuff and I need to yeah. be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes so, you can put your yeah. things on display. Be proud of the things that you've accomplished mm-hmm. and and know that there's more that's coming. But you can also put yourself gracefully on display because you never mm-hmm. know if that can inspire someone else. Mm-hmm. You Never are worthy. Keep your gifts from people, yes. Yeah. I, I've been told that with regard, you know, to some of the stuff that I've gone through. Like, you know, Christine, you know, you tell your story because there's somebody out there that can relate to it, somebody that it will resonate with. You know, you can really, you know, you can save lives. You could feed people's spirits by telling your story and not keeping the light to yourself. Yeah, and and I know I have told you that on several occasions. Like, you need to be somewhere on a platform where you share your experiences and your stories with someone because you never know who's listening and who that can inspire. Who is going to impact, you know? Yeah. Somebody's life for the better just by being being yourself. But in order to do that, in order to even take that first step out, you know, you got to feel like you're able to do it. And like you're, they're going to W word again. Like you're worthy. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. It well, is Nina, so much to think about. I wanted to bring up that point too about, um, you know, because again, you're like one of the best examples to me of like being of service. And just, you know, community action and, you know, and just being a service to others. And, you know, one talking point we mentioned is when you're in your own head and you're, you know, you're having feelings of worthlessness and, you know, just kind of wondering about yourself or whatever. Sometimes that is an indicator that you kind of need to get out of your own head and reach out to others and help others. And I just see you and all, you know, the volunteer work and the community work you do. And you seem to have, like, mastered that. So, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Now, I, I don't know about mastered. We we still <laughs> getting there. But it's, <laughs> it's something that um, I truly enjoy. So, you know, like, if you're experiencing some of the feelings of worthlessness, when you go and volunteer and you do something for someone, it just makes you feel really good, especially mm-hmm. when those people can't return the favor. Yeah. I am here um, to show you a skill. I'm here to help you with, you know, something that you know you can't do a, a, alone. And um, 
I am huge with helping people who can't really, you know, do it on their own, not trying to say, I'm, I, I feel good because I'm helping you. It's like, you, you need help and I can help. I'm offering my mm-hmm. services. And I think I look at it from a point where you never know how you can impact people. Mm-hmm. And I've, since moving to the Cincinnati area, I'm part of this program called Adopt a Class, which is through the greater Cincinnati um, cities that we have here, where we actually show some of the students that we connect at a school and a teacher. We partner with a school and a teacher. And we're showing some of these students some of the aspects of work that they may not be you know, privy to. And I remember mm-hmm. one of the, um, I'm also <laughs> on the board for this, this program, Adopt a Class. And one of my colleagues on the board was sharing that they would go to school and ask the students, I think maybe in third grade with the class that they had, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? The kids would say a drug dealer, a basketball wow. player, mm-hmm. um, you know, things that you're like, I'm not sure if that will give you a good future. So they started exposing the students to more life skills, um, mm-hmm. you know, companies around the area. And now they said that they've asked the students and they're saying, oh, I'd like to be a nurse or uh, an engineer or, um, you know, a doctor or someone that works at, you know, the companies that we have here. Mm-hmm. And it's so great to just show some of these students that there's more to life than what your little world exposed you. It's so much more that yes. you could be exposed to. So that's something I really enjoy. We do some of the community involvement through the company I work for at Kroger, where you show up and you might volunteer for a couple of hours um, at a certain you know organization, but you leave that place feeling great because you're like I helped someone today I may not know Mm -hmm. who that person is but I actually helped them and you go back to your home and your situation you're like man I'm doing a little bit more than what I thought I was here for Mm -hmm. you know you're providing service it makes you feel good Mm -hmm. I mean (laughs) so that just that feeling of being of service to others and knowing that like you're making somebody else happy yeah like you know coming through for somebody like that that just that gives you a really good feeling and sort of like you said it's not because you feel like some sort of savior or anything like that but it's just a feeling from a really good place of like you know just planting the seed of goodness in the world yes Yes, if I could do this for a living, I would. If I could mm-hmm. make a a true living of volunteering and, you know, eventually I'm like, I'd love to start a nonprofit that I could actually help people. You know, I can live, but I also can help people in some of the ways that they probably didn't even know, you know, assistance existed. Mm-hmm. Serving, serving folks. Mhm. It's a good feeling, man. And I can definitely see how that would, you know, like if you're if you're struggling with stuff about yourself, mm-hmm. you know, just <clears throat> oh, excuse me, Nina, but you're just in your own head about whatever. Yeah. 
you know, turning that energy out toward others. Not only does it help yes. you, but it helps somebody else, you know? Yes. So, yeah. Yes. It's, um, you know, th- that's, that's one of the ways that can help with self-worth. You, you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, being grateful. Maybe keep some type of gratitude journal. Yes. Think about the things that you're grateful for. Refocusing mm-hmm. your thoughts to help you protect yourself from the negative uh, comparisons and the negative effects every day. Being grateful for what you are actually exposed to, going through, seeing, we can always find something positive every day. There's always an upshot. That's right. Always. That's right. And I I, I want everyone to have self-worth. I want everyone to feel worthy. Mm-hmm. That the was my a lot better place if everybody did. It it, it would, it would. I mean, maybe we about, can work at it. Think about all the ways, <laughs> the unconstructive ways that people or unconstructive things people do in order yeah. to feel that self worth that they're lacking. Yes, you know, if they already had it, you know. Maybe you wouldn't have people waging wars over this, that, and the other because, you know, they want to have power and that makes them, that makes them have self-worth or, you know, doing bad by others or I I got some other stuff I say, but I'll be quiet. But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you know, overturning constitutional laws, you know, that, that makes oh, you man. your chest up, you know? Ooh, honey, you're going into a whole different episode. Let me not, let me not. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, you're right, you know, you're putting other people down to lift yourself up. That's not, that's not feeling worthy. People do it. People do it. I'm just, I'm so grateful for you know, that we're able to do this and that we come on here and talk about stuff like this because, you know, there may be some people that are dealing with issues regarding self-worth and might not even be fully aware of, like, where those feelings come from. Yeah. You know, what the basis of it is. Maybe perhaps people that are in their life that are driving that, you know, that thought pattern or whatever. And I'm just glad, you know, we can provide some sort of awareness around it and start a discussion about it. Absolutely. Because, yeah. It's a lot of work to be done around this topic. Mm-hmm. For sure. But we can start somewhere. Mm-hmm. We can start somewhere. Well, I'm sure we hit home with someone. Shoot, we hit home mm-hmm. with me. And Kristen, <laughs> you, you took on some points. I was like, okay, she going there. But it's yes. good to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. it's good to have these conversations so I have a quote to, to wrap us up and the quote is unknown I gotta find some known quotes from some of these folks <laughs> like who said this this is great but I don't know who said it but unknown the quote he's speaking a word don't he <laughs> yeah, unknown like look unknown you you need to reveal yourself yes um, the <laughs> The quote says, I am worthy of another day to search for the good in myself. Every day is a new day for you to search for something good in yourself so you can feel worthy. Yes, yes. It can be done. Yes. 
Golly, man, another good conversation, Nina. Yeah, this was one that was, you know, a little bit more on the serious side, but definitely was needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's a reminder for everybody every day because, you know, I've been doing the work on myself to try to just nurture that inner child and be kind to myself. But, you know, I fall off sometimes. And I definitely need reminders. So this, you yes. know, this will probably be one of the ones that you know. Every now and again, I like to like play back the old episodes just to see if there's something I didn't notice before or whatever. And this will definitely be one of those ones that'll just be a reminder, you know, to be kind to yourself, it. speak kindly of yourself and to yourself, and yes, you know, exercise that self worth muscle, like because it's you know kind of a use it or lose it sort of thing so that's right man that is right just keep that in mind <clears throat> be kind to yourself <clears throat> well i guess i'll do like usual miss nina and let people know how you know they can get in contact with us yes well, number one we post every tuesday so when you wake up that new episode will be there unless we tell you otherwise you can count on that. <laughs> so wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, we are out there. Also, um, you can reach us on our socials, uh, Facebook and Instagram. If you search Coffee to Cocktails podcast, our pages will pop up. Make sure you reach out to us and interact with us in that space. And also, if you want to contact us directly, you can always email us at coffee to cocktails podcast at gmail.com. That's right. That's right. Well, Kristen, as you mentioned, here we are. <laughs> uh oh. Like, did it work? Okay. I thought I thought something happened. I was yeah. saying, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Another great topic. What did you say something? I'm like, oh, it just cut out. And I was like, oh Lord, we lost the episode again. Oh no, it, not again. It did cut off. I, I kind of referenced back to what the beginning of the show where we were joking about how once our drinks are done, we just kind of be lingering, <laughs> like, well, you know, wherever you're at. There you are. <laughs> we, we yes, we we are done. We are done. <laughs> Uh, for the night, yes. My beverage is gone, and it is time for me to go night-night. But this yes, has been an excellent topic. Thank you so much, listeners. Um, thank you, Kristen, for sharing a lot of the things that you shared. I think, girl, this is some therapy for both of us tonight. Listen, yeah. You know, I tried to keep it surface, but I went a little bit in, a little bit, you know. <laughs> that's but all right. if it helps somebody, you know, that's what we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, with that said, thank you, Kristen. Thank you, listeners. We will be with you next week with a new episode. Indeed. Have a good night, Miss Nina. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>